It's natural to get settled into a particular routine. As a retreat progresses, we can become accustomed to sitting down, crossing our legs, immediately getting involved with the, the world of the mind. Natural enough, familiar enough. But it's always helpful to be considering how deeply, directly, the body and the mind affect each other. When things are quite simple and benign, the body's not grabbing our attention, then it's very easy to get completely drawn into the mental world and then not notice the influence that the body is having. The way the posture is being held, the body sustaining various kinds of stressing and tension, tightness in your jaw, your neck, tightness in the abdomen, in the belly, clenching your teeth, or slumped over, just sitting down, the body slouched. Therefore, it's helpful for us to develop the form at the beginning of each period of meditation, formal practice. Bring attention into the body. Notice how the body feels. Heavy, light, energetic, sleepy. Heavy or light, how is it? Bring awareness to the body and let that awareness guide the establishment of a skillful posture. Rather than, say, if we notice that we're sitting in a slouched way on a chair or a cushion, rather than being motivated by the idea, oh, I'm slumped over, I'm really slouched, I need to sit up straight. When direction for the practice comes from self-centered will, I should, I am like this, I should be like that. When effort is guided by self-view, the result is always more disharmony. Stressing in the system. We're bringing attention to the body Let the awareness have its effect. The spine is bent over, slouching, rather than reacting to the idea, oh, I should sit up straight, be aware of that slouched feeling that the body adjusts on its own. The universe is a self-adjusting system. Awareness is the balancing agent. Bring awareness to the posture, feel the body straighten. Spine lengthening to its own comfortable, natural limit. Without me doing anything, awareness has its effect.
We bring attention to the body and find that there's a lot of tightness, stressing. Again, rather than being guided by the thought, oh, I'm uptight, I'm really tense, I should relax. Lighten up. Notice those I should, I must type feelings. And instead, trust in awareness. Be aware of that tensing in your neck and shoulders, your stomach, the belly, your hip joints. Bring awareness to the body. Let that awareness pick up where the points of stressing are. Let the awareness have its effect. Notice how the body eases on its own. It's a self-adjusting system. Bringing awareness to the posture in this way is a direct, non-conceptual appreciation of how awareness brings the quality of balance as well as a focusing of attention. The heart is open to the present, attuned to the present, and helps those factors of the body and also of the mind to be well integrated, well balanced. So informed and guided by the quality of awareness, then the posture is established with a balance of energy and relaxation, without me doing anything, without there being any kind of calculation or willful decision or plan. The posture indicated in a Buddha image. Buddha images are always sitting upright in an alert, relaxed way. This is an iconographical representation of this very principle of Dhamma practice, embodiment of Dhamma. Being Dhamma. Without balance of energy and relaxation established in the posture, then that forms a naturally skillful foundation for working with the mind. Again, those tendencies of I should, I need to get concentrated, I need to brighten up, I should, I must, I want to be. Notice those tendencies, those habits, if they arise. Let them go. Be aware of those habits as they arise. Strengthening the quality of awareness. Let that be the basis of concentration. As distractions arise, the sounds we hear or the random thoughts that appear in the mind, this quality of knowing, awakened awareness, 
is alert to. That's a sound. It's a feeling in the legs. That's an idea in the mind, a memory of what happened three days ago. Now we use the presence of the breathing, other concentration objects to help center the attention. But that focusing is not based on any kind of gaining attitude, wanting to, me wanting to get something or be some way, but rather it's a convenient reference point, helping the heart to be attuned, alert to the present reality. Whether we use the breath or the, the inner sound or whatever concentration object might be appropriate, useful, practical. And once the attention is attuned to the present, then there's no need to take a specific reference point. The breath or the nada sound, it's going to all just be part of the whole field of experience. The heart open to the experiential field of the present. Knowing sensation in the body, sounds in the temple, sounds outside the temple, waves of emotion, mood, coming and going and changing. With the strengthening of awareness, there's no particular need to think, now I will practice vipassana, now I will do insight. But rather, letting that quality of awareness be established, be strengthened, there's a natural investigative unentangling The mind recognizes the patterns of experience that are going on. A smell, a sound, a sensation, a memory, an idea. It knows those, investigates the tone of those. Let's go of them. As the Buddha said in the teaching on liberation is a natural process, For one whose mind is concentrated, there's no need to think. May knowledge and vision of the way things are arise. It's natural for one whose mind is concentrated, for there to be knowledge and vision of the way things are arising. Yatha bhutang nyanadasanam. And for one in whom that knowledge and vision of the way things are arises, there's no need to think. May the heart let go, may it be disentangled. May it be dispassionate. It's natural. When there's knowledge and vision of the way things are, when we see the qualities of change, unsatisfactoriness, not self, in the field of experience, internal, in emotions and thoughts, memories, ideas, externally in sight, sound, smell, taste, touch, there's a letting go. 
a non-entanglement, a non-identification. Viraga, dispassion, nibida, coolness. And one who has let go, in whom there is dispassion and coolness, there's no need to think. May the knowledge and vision of liberation arise. It's natural when the heart lets go. That quality of freedom is recognized, is realized. There's no willful intent, no I needed. It's a natural process. And the fuel, the guiding force, the guiding spirit, this very quality of awareness, mindfulness and wisdom. Whether you call it vicha, awakened awareness, satipanya, mindfulness and wisdom, it's the same quality, going by different names. It's a natural process. It doesn't need to be willed or intended and driven by personal desire or goal-oriented fascination or ambition. But tools can be used along the way. So in facilitating that shift from the mind being concentrated to the mind giving rise to yatabhutang nyanadasana, knowledge and vision of the way things are, to insight. Those qualities of anicca, dukkha, anatta can be actively recollected. Again, not with a, I should contemplate anicca, or I've got to look at the dukkha of things, or I need to develop more insight into not-self. There doesn't need to be any I am, I should, I do. The effort to bring to mind, to bring to the field of attention that quality of change that can be roused simply by mindfulness and wisdom. The inclination towards peace, the attraction of Nibbāna, of peacefulness. There doesn't have to be any I or me or mine involved. Let Anicca be noticed for the benefit of this being for all beings. Let Anicca, let uncertainty, transiency be noticed for the heart to attune more completely to its own reality and the reality of all things. Let unsatisfactoriness, dukkha, be noticed. Again, to allow the heart to be attuned to the reality of things, to rejoice in not dwelling in a state of delusion, the comfort of attunement to the real. Let the quality of not-self be reflected on, be explored. Again, simply to allow the heart to be more in tune with what's real, what's true. To not be limited by the cage of delusion. Let the heart out of its cage of eye-making 
and mind-making. The doors to the deathless are open. The door to the cage is open. The insight into not-self is what helps, enables the heart to fly free. The bars of a cage are a good symbol, especially in English language. They all spell I, 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 I. The door is opened through the application of wisdom, awareness, then the heart can know its own limitlessness, the Dhamma timeless, unlocated, non-personal, unborn, unoriginated, undying, free of time, free of identity, free of location, free of birth and death. The doors to the deathless are open. Lumpur Sumato would begin so many of his Dhamma talks with exactly these words. Apparutate sangamata sadhavara ye sotavanta pumunchantu sadang. The doors to the deathless are open. The cage door is open. Let those who have faith act upon that. Make use of the door to the cage. Let the heart fly free.